You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, a special one for you today, this bonus weekend pod after day two of the NFL Draft. 49ers adding three more players with me today. A Better Rivals Locked On 49ers crossover with Oscar Aparicio. An informal pod, just Oscar and I, our initial reactions on the picks so far in the 2021 NFL Draft. Plenty of time to get much deeper on all of the new prospects that the 49ers select this weekend. Brian Peacock. We do this every now and again. It's always great to have you on the crossover pod between Locked On and Better Rivals after day two of the draft, a day that was um, kind of fits and startsy. Not sure how I feel about it. You know, <laughs> I'm confused on the insides uh, and I'm a little angry, but also still happy because yesterday oh. happened. So, you know, it's a lot of feelings. Are you angry at the same thing I'm angry about? I guess I'm not really angry about it. I'm just disappointed. You know, I'm a disappointed parent. I'm like, it's like when my son messes with the the, the ice machine in the refrigerator and gets ice all over the floor. That's how I feel about a team drafting a running back on day one or day two. Yeah, I'm not even wholly against drafting a running back on day two, especially if it would have been at like pick 102. But to trade up for a running back... At this point in 2021, knowing everything that we know, I mean, you've got you've got a, a fairly good, I think, backfield at this point. You've got Wilson, you've got Mostert, you just signed Wayne Gallman, who I think is a great value pickup. You've got uh, Jamichael Hasty. You know, he's he's the new Matt Breida, all about that life. And then you're like third round pick. I I just saw the Cardinals and the Rams uh, and the Seahawks all pick wide receivers that can run a you know sub four like they're all like in the four the four three nine four four one forty range mm-hmm. uh but you know what i'm gonna go ahead and get a running back with some wiggle hey he's got he's got good feet for a big man he does that that's the one thing i will say is like as as a running back ohio state has a heavy zone run scheme he is an elusive elusive guy he has that that short area in the phone booth kind of move that that you want from someone who's going to be effectively your power back I mean, that, that's, that's what I'm imagining they're getting him for. Mm-hmm. Not power run scheme, but more big power back on the inside. And then you've got Wilson and, and Mostert as your, as your home run guys. You know, I was thinking just as you were talking there, and then I, I was reminded that he did get hurt in, was it the Clemson game? Which game did he get hurt yeah. in? Because I was thinking, oh, you know what? I bet he's quote-unquote bell cow. I bet he doesn't get injured. And the, the Aaron Banks never missed a a snap right in his college career or, or never missed a game in his college career or something like that. And so I was thinking, Oh, you know what this is? This is Mostert's always hurt. Everybody on our team is always hurt. We're only going to draft guys who never got hurt in college, but sermon doesn't count for that. So never mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with him, I, I tr- you got to trust Bobby Turner to a certain degree because Bobby Turner has got to be the guy who, who blesses each one of these running yes, back picks. Absolutely. You just, you just wish they didn't spend this degree of capital on, yeah. uh, on, on a running back in the third round. I mean, they gave up more bites at the apple. They gave up two fourth round picks in order to make this pick. Um, and so they gave up effectively two players that, that they could have gotten in the fourth round for this third round pick. And I think if, if you're going to make this pick for a DB for a DB, it makes sense. It, it, but otherwise, you know, I don't know. I mean, they, they did end up making, a pick 
just before we started recording. Uh, for those of you that are keen on the behind the scenes, it is 10.54 p.m. Central at this point. Uh, in in the famous sphere where Brian Peacock lives, there is no time. There's time no time here. It is November 13th, and it is 17 o'clock. And so you've got you've got now Ambry Thomas, who is officially a Niner, defensive back Michigan. Uh, he's, I mean, he's the guy that the Niners really, this is their typical height, weight, speed swing that they take for a defensive back in the third round or later. Um, you've got, I mean, going back to Adrian Colbert, Marcel Harris, Tim Harris, Akella Witherspoon. It's all like third round plus height, weight, speed. Let's, let's see if yep. we can hit. Uh, and who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. So my theory is that the 49ers kind of got screwed a couple times on day two. I think they, uh, the teams drafted corners right in front of them. Or is it that they don't care about corners? Because they haven't really cared about corners in the past. So I don't know if you know about the shadow 49ers drafts that I do. And I do them every year. When the 49ers are on the clock, I pick who I think the 49ers should have taken. And that, And I've sort of kept track of all the picks for all the years. And I have a little depth chart filled out now. And that roster is so stacked with wide receivers and corners and edge rushers because I've been drafting for the 49ers every single year, and they ignore those positions so much. I mean, they've drafted a lot of defensive linemen recently, but the the corners and the wide receivers especially, and it's just like it's absurd at, at a certain point. And, of course, did it again this year. But I really think, talking about athletic, long corners, I think Afetu uh, Melifonwu might have been someone they were looking at, and then right in front of him was Elijah Molden. And I think either one of those guys would have been a fit for the 49ers. And I, and I wonder if they were higher than Ambry Thomas for them on their board. Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, I, I think that they they were certainly not keen on reuniting the Melifonwus because they released his brother a couple of days ago. So they could yeah. they could have just had an all Melifonwu backfield. They're and, like, you know, you know they, what? They could have gone we don't that like the Melifonwus after all. Honestly, so. I've been practicing that last name for the better part of three weeks, just in case. <laughs> and And you know what? Maybe they just didn't want the trouble. But the, I do think that the, they probably had someone like Asante Samuel or someone like Elijah Molden a little bit higher. I, I'm, not too, I'm not too mad that they missed out on Molden. I think Molden is a, a good player for lots of reasons, but I do think his height and his lack of, really his just lack of ability to match up with big slot receivers would have been a problem. And lack uh, of and his speed. speed. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I mean, but, but it, I think you think of the slot guys that Arizona is putting out. You think of the slot guys that you know that that the Seahawks are putting out. They're, they're going to roast him just based on foot speed alone if he can't get his hands on him. Yeah, so the Cardinals draft Rondale Moore, and he runs four twos or four threes, right? Four three flat or something. I can't remember what his forty time was, but it was blazing. And he's he's a freak of nature when you watch him. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of player he's going to be in the NFL because I'm not sure how much that translates in Tutu Atwell, who was 149 pounds that went on day two. I wasn't sure. I, I thought he was going to be a day three guy, dude, just because he's like, it's a flag football player. It's not a, an NFL player. And we've seen so many of those really small guys that are so light. You're, you're at most a gadget and they end up just washing out of the league. But when the team you play twice a year drafts Rondale Moore and you're like, oh, I was, we were going to draft Elijah Molden, but I don't know if that 4-6 will match up with him in the slot that well after all. But I think Molden actually kind of went in a good spot because people are talking about him early second round. Late third, you know, around pick 100, now you're talking, I would have been into that at that point. Yeah, 
No, I, I absolutely think it was more like a, you know, third, fourth round pick. That would have been good. Ambry Thomas is, he's, he's a fast guy. He clocks fast. You know, he ran a four, uh, three, seven, 40 in the 91st percentile. So he does click that speed or he does tick that speed box. And so in that regard, you know, they did get their, their highway speed guy and Michigan does play a lot of press man. I, I don't know if they're going to play him in the slot or if they're going to play him outside. Um, kind of have to dig into his tape a little bit more to see what he's like, but haven't seen a whole hell of a lot of them. So I have still got more to come. It's yeah. The, on, the, on the, Thomas. I love when the Niners do that to me. Like they, they draft the player that, that I didn't, I, I watched every single corner that was drafted <laughs> except for Ambry Thomas. I, I saw a little bit of him in passing and actually, he, you know, what he reminds me of is, um, Emmanuel Mosley and height, weight, speed is almost identical right around five ten, five eleven. 11, uh, you know, slim, 190 I think is, is what he weighs something like that uh, around a 4-4 flat that's what that's what um Emmanuel Mosley was coming out of Tennessee and he kind of has that you know are you is he outside or is he inside not sure maybe he could do both but uh, there's some scrappiness to to Ambry Thomas and I think they drafted him with the thought that he could play outside but I think they have a plan for him inside that's the feeling I get right now knowing nothing else except for the little I've watched of him and and we're we're going live right after that pick happened well, that, that, and that makes sense because you've got K1 Williams on a one-year deal and having him back for another year is great, but he's also on the, the wrong side of 33 at this point. Uh, or I don't think he's quite 33. I think he might be like, you know, 30, 31 in that area. But the, the one-year deal may be his last deal here with the Niners. And so you do need a replacement there in the slot. And while Mosley can kick into the slot, I don't know that that's necessarily his, his best fit or his permanent position. Um, but we haven't even talked about the the big, the literal elephant in the room, Aaron Banks. Uh, large what did human. you think? Went, yeah, hard, hard to do. My dude is big. <laughs> very, very large. Broad shouldered is what I'm saying. How about this? Another uh, 69 you, as well. Wore, wore the 69 on his chest with pride, just like his buddy Mike McGlinchey uh, at Notre Dame. So um, he's going to get to play next to him. I don't know if they really played next to him. They were in college at the same time, but I think Banks might have been like a redshirt freshman at the time. Maybe... Uh, maybe a sophomore because he was a fifth year senior, right? So they were, they were in college together, but I don't know if they really lined up next to each other much. What'd you think of the pick when you, when you heard it come through? I mean, you, a lot of people wanted to create Humphrey. You got some other people, you got, you know, Quinn that, that people were thinking would be a good fit. You've got, you, people thought maybe that interior offensive line would be the way to go. Um, but I don't know that Aaron Banks necessarily was where people thought the team would go. What were your thoughts when, when the Niners drafted him uh, initial reaction? Yeah. Aaron Banks wasn't really on my radar at all. When I do my draft stuff, look, scouting department of one over here. So uh, it's got to go quick and, and time is, I feel like I have less and less time, you know, back in my younger days, I had all the time in the world and I could just sit up all night long, no kids and, you know, just watch, watch everybody and watch as much as I wanted to have less time now. So now it's more like speed dating, you know, so I'm, I'm like swiping left or swiping right on prospects. And when I just see the body type of Aaron Banks, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch this guy for like an hour because I don't think he's going to be a 49er. You know, it's like he didn't fit that outside zone to me when I first saw him. I was like, big, powerful guy, um, a lot of weight in the midsection. It's like, I don't think that's the type. And and I really sort of, and that you know, this is this is on me, but I, I was just looking at the 49ers, what they would do, and I thought, you know what, third round is where they're going to go with the offensive line they, because I think they're okay. They know they can start some people. Uh, I, you know, um, Daniel Kilgore is fine at right guard, and I thought they would get more of a center guard combo player on you know maybe the third round area I didn't think they would go as high as early second round with a pure guard too because 
Pure guard is the one position the 49ers really haven't spent on. They spend resources and money on tackles and centers, and when you spend that much of your limited resources on those three positions on your offensive line, it's hard to also spend a ton of resources on guard. So that one kind of shocked me too because Banks is just a straight-up guard, and that's it. No, absolutely. I think two things really lean them in this direction. One, I'm the same as you. I don't have an infinite amount of time. I have a child who now is mobile. Oh, no. Uh, she uh, she stands. She We got her a, a pickler triangle. I don't How know if mobile? you've seen these. Are we but, talking like wide zone mobility? Get to the second level? Uh, we're, look, all I'm saying is that she can come off of a deuce block and get to that second <laughs> level pretty quick at this okay. point. Like the dogs are running. You know, they do not want to get caught in the alley with my daughter because it is not going to end well for them. Um, but we, we got a pickler triangle and she's managed to climb this thing. And and like her at this point, her way of getting off of the top when she's at the apex, she, she can't go down. She can only go up uh, is to basically throw herself over the edge and just like give herself up to the gravity gods. Uh, and it's 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 pretty wild. So I, I, I don't have as much time as I used to, to do this stuff either. So what, what we do, part of our process, me and David, is we basically look at zone grades. We're like, all right, which one of these guys are good Smart. as zone run blockers? Because that's generally what Shanahan loves. And that's the one thing that Aaron Banks does do really well. He has a zone block grade, uh, a PFF zone block grade of 87.2. Uh, and the other thing that he does really well is he, he actually has really, really good true pass set numbers. Uh, and so mm-hmm. true pass sets are, are kind of the, the predictive measure of what they're going to do when you remove play action, you remove bootlegs, you remove all that other crap, the things that really don't matter. Now you're like, you're isolating that player one-on-one. Um, he's got a really, really good true pass set grade. So overall, I think that he doesn't look the part, but I think he could he could be a really, really good scheme fit uh, for the 49ers. And, and I think that with Lakin Tomlinson being on the last year of his deal, Maybe that's where mm-hmm. eventually he's going to be the the replacement for you. Let Lakin go; he's kind of on the tail end of, of literally his age, and then you you know you, you've got a replacement there, and you've got someone else on right guard. And PFF loved Aaron Banks too, and so I, I like that. You know, when when statistics back it up, even if he's not body beautiful, he's a baller, and I think that's probably what the 49ers saw and loved in him. But yeah, plug him into right guard. Can probably play early. Bounce back over to left guard where he played at Notre Dame when Lakin Tomlinson leaves. Or just stick at right guard. I want to talk more about the running back pick and what we saw there in round three. Talk a little bit about Trey Lance, too, and the quarterback position. And get your thoughts there, Oscar. More Better Rivals Locked On 49ers crossover coming up. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com, just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful this Mother's Day. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Hey, 49ers fans, want to tell you about Nugenix, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total T, text DRAFT to 
231-231. That number is 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. I do want to talk about the the quarterback and I want to get your thoughts on, on the pick. But before we do that, just like, first of all, overall feelings on the night because i i went on a roller coaster of emotions i really was i was like okay the trade happens it's great i'm like you get value any way you slice it you get value for this trade and then you pick aaron banks i'm like huh didn't 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 know too much about him watched it a little bit but seems like a scheme fit okay some people i respect really like the guy i'm in and then you're waiting you're waiting you're waiting and you're like oh my god you're gonna trade up all right you're trading up gotta be for a db hit you with the running back I'm a little, you know, my, my enthusiasm is dulled. It is muted a bit. And then you, you, you kind of round it out with Ambry Thomas and you're like, okay, I got to watch some more tape on this guy. So overall, I left day two and I'm like, okay, TBD. Let's see what happens. Yeah. What are, that, what are your thoughts? Big time TBD on, on day two. The, the more I think about the Aaron Banks pick, the more I like it. Ideally, I think you would have hoped that maybe there were some other more highly valued positions and some more impact players there at the top of round two that you could have gotten and then the trade up for banks then go running back at the end of the third round that would have felt a lot better to me but i get it i get the banks pick the two sacks i think it was in two full seasons or something played every game like it seems like some stability there with aaron banks seems like just a rock solid player that you can plug in can play early in his career and they can forget about right guard potentially you know that that's the idea behind it and so i like that idea um and he's going to be a really good run blocker I think it was according to Sports Info Solutions, before contact, running backs averaged three and a half yards when running behind Aaron Banks. The running back pick absolutely threw me for a loop. I thought Sermon was going to be a day three guy anyway, uh, and I didn't see them going running back early. I, I didn't value a running back for the 49ers with the needs, and and the big takeaway for me is Ambry Thomas. I, I don't know. No, nobody I trust was really big on Ambry Thomas. So I'm going to have to go back and watch him and and see what he looks like to me. But I just thought corner was too important to the 49ers coming into this thing to come out of day two with a a maybe of a guy. And who knows, maybe he's he's a superstar player. And so that's definitely TBD. So I think that's a good way to put this because I don't know what to think about him. But um, I thought maybe even the Niners are going to be trading up to start the day today and go up and get, you know, and we saw Tyson Cam would go with the first pick. And that was the guy I was hoping for, for the 49ers there uh, at 43, originally Asante Samuel, of course. And, and so teams were trading up going and getting corners. And then they got sniped again uh, at one Oh two with corners. I don't know if they like those guys more or not. I don't know if they were targeting corners earlier, but just a really interesting day. And I, and I think I need to process these players and go through and watch them. And uh, I think it was a case of, and probably like this for a lot of teams, after the the top players that everybody was pretty consensus on, because I was surprised there wasn't a ton of shocks in round one yesterday, 
I think day two was a lot more where we saw teams' boards just all over the place. And I think that's what it was for the 49ers because you let a team marinate in this class with COVID and everything we saw, and uh, it's just gonna you're just going to come up with so, such varied evaluations on so many guys. Yeah, that's that's the thing about Ambry Thomas is that he opted out in 2020, so he played in, in 2019, and, and maybe guys snuck under the radar. Maybe that was mm-hmm. part of it that that had to do a little bit with it, too. And and hopefully, you know, that that ends up being a diamond in the rough. But, yeah, I think that when it comes to corners, we are we've seen Shanahan's thinking evolve when it when it comes to quarterbacks. Obviously, we'll get to Trey Lance here in just a sec. But with with uh, with corners, I don't think the thinking has evolved at all. I think their priority is defensive line. That's how they're going to build. That's where they're going to spend resources. And they think the defensive line is going to paper over anything they might do in the secondary so they can get by with athletes in the secondary, maybe have, you know, a Jimmy Ward in there. Who's really smart. Maybe have a Jason Verrett. Who's going to be your number one corner. And then you get by on everything else, but you got to have your pass rushers to help bail those, those defensive backs out. That's just the way they approach the game and, and this pick and where they're putting their resources speaks towards it. I thought the bank's pick might have been Aziz Ojolari too just to continue to to build that pass rush out and uh but you know the injury red flag probably saved them from that um even though I would have loved Ojolari there he actually with the very next pick I think to the to the New York Giants maybe but um <clears throat> yeah it's is an interesting haul so far and day day 2 even though I didn't see it coming I, I'm I'm wondering if the reason we didn't see it coming is because maybe they're shifting a little bit. But hearing you talk about the the zone numbers, which I did not know about Aaron Banks, because just the eyeball test of the little I watched him, I thought, oh, this guy's a little bit more of a power player. I was thinking, okay, Trey Sermon, are they changing some philosophy a little bit here? They just so got I, a new quarterback. This this could maybe funny, look a lot so different on offense. I thought the exact same thing. I thought the exact same thing. I see, I literally see Aaron Banks's frame and I see his body, and I'm like, okay. I know that Shanahan has increased his gap scheme runs over the last couple of years. I know that he loves the counters as a play off of the outside zone. I know. And then you, you look at, at, at Trey Sermon and you're like, okay, this guy's also a bigger, you know, kind of, he's not the, the hit the home run kind of right. outside zone type of guy. And, and then you look at what their actual production has been in those schemes. You look at Aaron Banks. He's a much better zone blocker than he is a run blocker. His zone block grade is 87.2. Uh, his, his gap scheme number is not very good at all. It's like, it's it's quite a bit worse. Still fine, but it's just quite a bit worse. You look at Trey Sermon, only 22 gap runs. Only 22 gap runs, and on those gap runs, not very good. It's just not something Ohio State does a whole hell of a lot. And so both of those players, despite their athleticism, despite their frames, are still both very good zone run performers. And so on the eyeball test, I was like, yeah, maybe it's more gap stuff. And then you look at the underlying numbers and you're like, no, okay, it's still zone. That's so interesting because, yeah, he doesn't fit the the profile. Like 6'5", 325 pounds. He ran four threes in the 40, but yet he kind of gets out there. And it's not like a, you know getting out on the second level and running with linebackers. It's more of a he can get there and he can wall you off. That's what I saw with Aaron Banks in, in the – in the little I watched of him. So it's weird because he's built like a power guy. I think he probably could do that, but it sounds like he plays better in in his own scheme. And Trey Sermon was awesome in his own scheme. And uh, Trey Sermon's a, a weird player because his movement is, 
it's I mean I, I can see why they would like him his his body movement the way he's flex the flexible ankles you gotta love the flexible ankles and the flexible hips but he has that for a big man so he moves like a smaller guy even though he's not a home run hitter either because he doesn't have crazy top end speed and he's big but that's you know a really good recipe for a really good running back in most cases and it and it has been for a long time in the NFL I just didn't think it was a Shanahan type. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to look at the explosion metrics, right? You look at his broad jump, his vertical, his three cone. All those were super plus metrics. His just his 40, his straight line speed is not great. What does that tell you? I think it tells you that he's not going to break away a big run like Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert's going to be your big guy. But if you're looking for a couple yards on the inside or you're looking for that short yardage gain, it's going to be basically, do you want to get hit with Trey Sermon or do you want to get hit with Trey Lance? Really, I, I just need someone on that team to change their name to Trey so I can have three trays. You know, because it's kind of like a, two trays is not okay. It's kind of like a, the new Splash Brothers. It's like the new Steph and Clay, right? With, with Steph the trays, and Clay, it's just Trey and Trey. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, hitting trays, right? The threes. But I need a third tray because then I can make like tray tres leches. Yeah, all okay. all of the tres leches jokes, and then uh, I mean, so. One of the things that I discovered about um, about North Dakota State is that at, they have an agricultural program, and that agricultural program promotes the utilization of rye as a cover crop, and that means that while well, rye rye whiskey, rye whiskey, yes, so I feel like rye whiskey should be the na- the, the celebratory drink okay. of Trey Lance, and I if like we it. could have rye whiskey and Tres Leches cake, I feel like we're starting to build a program of foodstuffs mm, here. That's I, really going to have a, a really awesome dinner party for sure. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And then I like, I don't know if like bison is something that you can like, I know you can make a great burger out of it, but uh, I don't wait, know if that's excuse like, me? you know, it's bison. Uh, yes. It's, I know it's bison. Okay. We're going to, we're going oh, we're to mispronounce there. it okay. on purpose. Oh, okay. This is what we do on the better rivals podcast. You have to mispronounce things. It's the price of entry. It's the price of entry. You have to do it. The bison, the North yeah, Dakota Boise state bison. What, bison. what city is North Dakota state in? I have no idea, dude. Like I, the, well, it's honestly, Fargo. The, it's Fargo, the, right? Because that's where they went honestly, to pro days. I could in Fargo. not tell you more than that city. Yeah. I couldn't tell you that, that you, more than that. You city know what cover have, crop they grow, but you don't know what what town it's in. Look, I've got some googling skills, and I care about whiskey. <laughs> and when those two things collide, you're like, hold on, I hold remember. On. Screw Trey Lance. What's this about the rye again? <laughs> Interesting ways to get drunk. Trust me, I've built a podcast on it. It's amazing. So, yeah, you know, how much? It's inventive. How much? science knowledge is wasted on alcohol for us when it could be saving lives somewhere. <laughs> I don't think it's wasted at all. I think it's exactly where it needs to be. That's where our focus needs to be. Do you think, um, but- Oscar, that Kyle Shanahan should not have been allowed to trade up for a running back after he was allowed to use three first-round picks on his quarterback? I don't think that Shanahan should have been allowed to trade up for a running back after Joe Williams. Like that's, Or trade that, up that again or he- pick any players again ever after 2017. That should have been his cutoff right there. Like that's the one where you're like, okay, this guy's been overserved. This guy, like, let take him home. He's had, he's had all of the double barrels and then more double barrels. Get 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 him out of here. Oh, um, here we go. It, Triple barrel tray tie in with the rye. Like oh, a tray okay. Now we're talking tray barrel rye whiskey. Uh, dude, I'm all, my my wheels are already spinning about like where you're gonna f- like cask finishing the rye. Not like like you can do that rye cask finished in like maybe I don't know port wine barrels. The Angels Envy does mm, it in port wine. Like it, you know they borrow that from Scotch. Uh, Balvini does double barrels. I mean like look the, the the opportunities are endless. I feel like we could pitch the marketing here to the 49ers. I think um, we could. I bet Trey Lance doesn't drink though. Well, first of all, I, he's that, not old enough to buy a drink in a bar because he was born Jesus. in the year 2000. 
which is super. He annoying. was born the year Trey uh, that Tom Brady was drafted. Yes. So yeah. So he's the first player ever born in the year two thousand. And how about this one? Amari Rogers is the son of T. Martin, who was one of the six quarterbacks drafted ahead of Tom Brady in two thousand. Asante Samuel Jr., Patrick Sertan, Joe Horn's kid. This is getting silly. I don't like this. I don't like this at all, Brian. I, I don't like being faced with my own age. Uh, it, it is. It, I, I took my driver's license picture recently, so I've had my Texas driver's license now for 15 years. And they, they, may, they make you take a new picture at this point because they're like, bro, this is not you anymore. And I'm like, you know what? I agree. And, <laughs> and I took the picture, and, I'm, and the guy goes, there's a lot more gray in your beard. I was like, thanks, dick. What a dick. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> you got dad face, man. Like, there's, You can't fight that off either. No, no, I'm embracing it. It's great. Um, all right, let's let's hear your thoughts about Trey Lance really quickly before you got to go, um, because I want to hear. I want to. I want you to walk me through your emotions last night. Um, what What did you feel? What did you think? Who did you think the pick was going to be? And then what did you feel when the Niners picked who they picked? So, one hundred percent of the time between the moment they made the pick in March until the Monday before the draft press conference. 100% of that time, I was completely convinced it was Justin Fields the whole time. Everything told me Justin Fields. Then the press conference had me wavering. It was like, is it really Mac Jones? No way. It fucked me up. And that man. was it some me method acting. That was like some Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> stuff from, from Kyle Shanahan. Like he stays up four days in a row on purpose. What was that? Because I, I got me, man. And then... Uh, for a couple days, I was like, dang, it's really going to be Mac Jones. And then I kind of sat back and thought about it. I was like, you know what? I, I just can't believe it. I can't believe that it will be Mac Jones. But there was just nothing about Justin Fields. And there was the epilepsy thing that I might, I think might have had something to do with it because everyone was very vague about, oh, there's something with Justin Fields. Why isn't everybody just all over the seat? Why isn't he Why isn't he the second quarterback instead of the, the fourth? You know, and, and so that was weird that nobody was all over and I thought maybe just everybody smoke screening on Justin Fields and so that's going to be the pick and then day of kind of in the morning I'm like all right I'm going to put this to a tweet my official prediction of what it's going to be it's the final final I'm putting it down on Twitter for everybody to see for eternity and I said look can't be can't be Mac Jones that that the process cannot lead you to trading three first round picks for Mac Jones cannot happen and if it's not Justin Fields it has to be Trey Lance Boom, Trey Lance was my final prediction, and it took me all the way until draft morning to kind of get there. Coach this dude up, right? And we'll see how good of a coach you are. But still, ballsy. Still, one year of one double-A ball, two years ago, you traded all of that for this player. As talented as he is, there is no, there's no comparison here. There's no track record. There's no comp for a guy who went to... FCS school for one year and was drafted at 20 years old and was successful or was drafted in the first round or was drafted that high or was traded all this was traded for him or maybe ever drafted at all like that just doesn't happen he's a unicorn right now Kyle Shanahan's putting his neck out there and what (laughs) what is most telling about the whole process and Kyle Shanahan and we already know this about Kyle Shanahan but this sort of proves it because the beginning of the Monday press conference John Lynch goes into the the whole thing about the process, how much work they put in. Do you remember that? And he's like, we've we've spent seven million hours and went to 170 games and, and all these yeah. games they went to. Kyle Shanahan watched in his office thirty minutes of game tape and or thirty minutes of film. Was like, well, I like that guy because he keeps talking about how they knew in January. How do you know in January your season ended in January? He literally put on the games, 
that day, the first day, is like, well, pick my guy, and they spent three first-round picks on him and did all this other stuff in the process, but none of those man hours, none of those games that John Lynch talked about had anything to do with Kyle Shanahan selecting the quarterback that the Niners were going to pick. Next, Oscar is going to tell us how he saw it all go down and his thoughts on the pick of Trey Lance, special edition weekend day two draft crossover episode. The winner of Built Bar Madness, the best flavor as voted on by Built Bar Eaters, Coconut Brownie Chunk, is now back in stock at BuiltBar.com. Go pick yourself up a box. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off or build your own box of any flavors you want of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate. Get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's locked 15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. What's funny is I want to reverse engineer that process because there's a couple of... So the, Kyle Shanahan's process when he described what he did to, to figure out whether or not Lance was going to be his guy is, is about the same process that PFF uses when they're grading tape. So Shanahan talked about giving pluses and minuses. He, you know, he, you've got the number oh, of snaps I didn't hear of him Lance say that. When did he say that? Yeah. So he's got the number of snaps that Lance had. Lance had like 600 and some odd snaps. Well, Shanahan looked at a subset of those. He looked at 400 because he mentioned having, having looked at like 400 and some odd plays. And then he had, he had 160 positives. So he basically goes in on every play and he says positive or negative, positive or negative. And that's exactly what PFF does for every player. Wow. So they do a positive, you know, play, and, but they do it in increments of like 0.5 all the way to two and they do negative, you know, and there's a lot of other intricacies for PFF. I'll save, I'll bore you the details, but whatever the, I, I want to go back and actually see how many positive plays he's got and see if it correlates to the number of plays that Shanahan had, because obviously Shanahan has his own criteria for what makes a positive play. He could like the way the ball fake happened and call it a positive, right? I don't know what he's judging, but th this is the, the, the little bit of a nerd in me. That's like, let me see if these things line up uh, and, and kind of go from there. Um, but I, I went on a very similar journey to you when it came to the quarterback. I, I mean, I started watching the tape. We did deep dives for the Patreon. I, I was like, man, Fields is the dude. I like this guy. I like what he's putting on tape. I like what he's doing. I think he can really up-level this offense. And, and I, you know, I got to Lance. I got to Jones. And I was like, I, like I, it, it, I can understand why people are thinking it's Jones. But I, 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 just, I can't see it. I can't put it all together. And then I just got worn down. Like, every, like all yeah. the Jones smoke, all the smoke. And then the press conference hit me, same exact thing. I was like, fuck, it's Jones. <laughs> God damn it. And then immediately afterwards, though, you start hearing the Lance stuff. And I'm like, the day, the, similar to the day of the draft, I'm texting David. And I'm like, man, I think they're going to swing. I think if you're going to swing, fucking swing. And if you're going to swing and it's not Fields, it's got to be Lance. It has to be. Uh, and so, yeah, same, same exact place. Uh, and meanwhile, Shanahan's just laughing at us all. <laughs> He's laughing at everyone. I love that. Like, I, I want to know the genesis of it, though. How does Schefter, how is Schefter confident enough to say, it's Jones? Oh, it's Jones. Where does he get it's, that? How, and... And it sounds like nobody even, they didn't like even smoke screen it. They didn't even put it out there. It was just lazy yeah. like, oh, look at this boring ass white dude. Of course they're going to draft him. That's what Kyle Shanahan likes. 
But that's, that's it. Insane. Like it's the the reason that so five thirty eight. It's a politics podcast, Nate Silver site. That they do. They have an interesting theory about when scandals stick, and and they say that scandals stick when it confirms a previously held belief about mm. that politician, right? And so they, they talked a lot about it when when Hillary was going to be uh, when Hillary like was like, oh, you're cold. It's like, oh yeah, of course you're always cold. Like you're going to do this. Like like when it already confirms a bias that you may have then it, it just gets traction and it spreads, even if it may not be true. And I think that's what happened with Jones and Shanahan. Everyone was like, dude likes Kirk Cousins. Dude passed on Mahomes. He passed on, like, you know, like he passed on these great quarterbacks because he was going to go get Cousins. He's trying to make it work with Jimmy Garoppolo. He drafted CJ Beathard. Everything that, that said Shanahan quarterback was Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, CJ Beathard, Jimmy Garoppolo. And so the Mac Jones thing confirmed everyone's previous biases they had about Shanahan. Meanwhile, Shanahan's like, yeah, that may have been me in 2017, but like I've lost this another Super Bowl since then. <laughs> like my thinking <laughs> might be changed. Uh, it's pretty amazing. The, the whole pro like I still, and I've, I've had, I've been arguing some folks on Twitter today because, you know, obviously it, it's the way that, that fans are wired. And as soon as something happens now, they love Trey Lance, right? And if the pick would have been anybody else, they would have loved that player. That's just the way fans do. And they can't imagine it being different. And I was like, okay, look, Trey Lance, it, I like it. I like Trey Lance. I like Trey Lance a lot. When I thought the Niners were picking 12, I was like, man, if Trey Lance gets there, they can't pass on him. And that's when we were, you know, who knows? We'd have probably been arguing about Sertan versus Horn the whole month, right? If they didn't trade up. And it was like, Trey Lance, I like Trey Lance a lot. He's raw, but I don't think the 49ers can pass on him if he gets to 12. And maybe they could even move up a little bit. And Fields will be long gone by then. And Mac Jones is a second rounder. Like, that was kind of my thought the day before the trade. And then the trade happens. And so that's why I thought, you know, it's got to be Fields. And even if it was Fields, even if it was anybody not Trevor Lawrence, essentially. They, like, Kyle Shanahan talked about his, like, in that same press conference, like, oh, you, you know, it, it's the cost. Like, you got to go get a starter, and, and you, you, it, that's that's the cost and stuff. That's not the cost. Zero people have paid that cost. No quarterback in the NFL except for Trey Lance has cost three first-round picks, right? None of them. Not, uh, not, I mean, you. if you wanted to trade for Aaron Rodgers, that's what they'd be asking. Um it was a. It was almost the exact same trade as the Bears trading up for, um, for Justin Fields from twenty to eleven. It's almost the exact same cost when in twenty seventeen the Kansas City Chiefs traded up to ten to draft Patrick Mahomes. Same cost, first and the third. Like that's a lot. And if you're willing to throw down a bunch of picks, you can get pretty much anywhere you want in the draft. So why they felt the need to go up when they did as early as they did. You have to factor that into the grade. You have to factor in three first round picks for a guy who's played one year of FCS football in 2019. As talented as he is, you have to factor that in. And, and when I put that out there, get so much pushback. It's like, Oh, you don't know that you could have gotten a quarterback and traded up. You don't know what could have happened. If the Niners didn't make that trade, someone else trade here. You couldn't have gotten it was like, how could you say that? And it's like, the 49ers, like, it's pretty dang obvious the 49ers could have saved at least one first rounder and gotten Justin Fields out of it. Was it close between Fields and Lance? I don't know. I, I liked Fields a little bit more. So to me, if you are what we know now, the Niners could have moved up from 12 to 10, which is a trade that actually happened, and it cost a third round pick. The 49ers could have saved two first round picks by that logic and gotten Justin Fields. 
I would take Fields and two first rounders over Trey Lance right now today in a heartbeat. And I think if you put Truth Serum in Kyle Shanahan's veins and especially John Lynch's veins, I think they would probably say the same. But I got a ton of pushback just by saying, you know what, grading Trey Lance, it's not McCorkle, right? It's not Mac Jones. So good job. You know, good grade. I'm glad they drafted Trey Lance. And I like Trey Lance. And I do. I like him a lot. And he's got this massive upside. And I think it'll be so fun to watch him develop. So much more fun than watching Mac Jones develop. Because the sky's the limit. And we have no idea. It's a blank canvas. I have no idea what to expect from Mac Jones. But you have to factor in when you're grading the the draft pick. It costs three first round picks. And that that can't be an A for me. That is they overpaid. And that that's just the a fact. They overpaid. I think they should have played it where, first of all, finish your evaluations, right? Like they traded up in March when they they admitted they weren't done with their evaluations. Finish your evaluations. You might not like any of the three. You might like all, all the three. And if you do, how about this? Trade up to five instead of three. Costs you a lot less, right? Trade up to six, which is something that could have happened. So I thought just, you know, look, I'm critiquing the process. They should have waited until either draft day or close to draft day, and they could have gotten a ton of value in their quarterback, and we could be having fun talking about who they might draft in the first round over the course of the next couple of years. Uh, so you just have to factor that in with grading this pick of Trey Lance because it did cost three first-round picks, and that is a massive amount to pay for such an unknown, such a such we know historically is a coin flip of drafting a quarterback high, and on top of that, it's such an incomplete evaluation because there's so little to go on with him aside from all the talent. So it's difficult for me to be like, oh, awesome, A-plus job, even though I really like Trey Lance. You know, it's not a knock on Trey Lance at all. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple things in there that, like, I, I, I kind of agree with a lot of what you're saying, and some of which I'm like, yeah, it's, just, it's really the cost of doing business, right? Because I, I think that the it's not, it is within the ethos of the 49ers to overpay for certainty. Mm-hmm. They do that. They did it with Malcolm Smith. They do it with Kyle Juszczyk. They, they do it with Dante Pettis. They do it with, you know, they've done it in the draft with Joe Williams. They, they did it with CJ Beathard. Like when they have a guy that they know that they want, they're fine with overpaying for the certainty of getting that individual. Hell, they did it today with the running back. Yes, they did. Right? So like, the, like that's, that, is, that is part of their ethos that, that it, they do fall into that overconfidence problem. So that part is not so surprising. And, and I do think that while it, I think it's semantics, I think Shanahan thinks he paid two first round picks. Uh, I get a lot of that. So it's, it's probably the same yeah. exact fans too. Cause I get a ton of that it's, where people say, no, it was two picks to trade up. And, and that's just, I think it's people talking themselves into it and it makes them feel better. It makes them sleep at night. It's like, yeah. look, you spent I three think, firsts in a, I think in you a, can look at it. You can slice it. I think it's literally six of one, one half dozen of the other, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, you, the, the net cost is two first round picks, but you physically sent three first round picks. You look at what the Rams did when they traded it for Jared Goff. They sent a first round pick, a second round pick, two second round picks, a third round pick, another first round pick, and then another third round pick. Like that's more picks and I think if, if it'd be interesting to, to compare the actual draft capital of those trades, like the to trade see chart where value, they land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if you and there's a couple different. What was that one again? Say it, out there. say it again. So it was their first round pick, two second round picks, a third round pick, another first round pick, and then a third round pick. So the first and the third were future 2017, and then in 2016 it was their first round pick and two second round picks and a third round pick. 
right? And so the two seconds may add up to that first, yeah. right? And so, yeah, so I think that's part of the because I, I think the difference is that when you're talking about the, the Chiefs trade up to ten, that's not into the top ten. So they they jump ten spots, but the value of the the tenth pick isn't as valuable as the third pick overall. Right. Yeah. Um. You know. And so even I think Shanahan's fine with overpaying, even if he overpaid a bit, right? So I do think that quarterback is the only instance in which this trade-up makes sense. And and if this is a hit, then all those picks doesn't matter. Right. If it's it a really hit, doesn't yeah. matter. It's the, what was the book? The only rule is it has to work, right? And uh, that's, yeah, that's kind of what this is. Look, you if that's if you have to do it and that's the cost, then go ahead. But you don't get to make the one pick in 2024 20, anymore if, if this doesn't work out. A lot of times I think the Niners get into the trap of, of missing the valuation of a player or a pick. I think in this case, they got the valuation piece kind of right. Like this is the price of trading up to a top three area to get a quarterback. What they now have to hit is the evaluation, right? Did you pick the right quarterback? Um, that's where I think people were railing against Mac Jones. This is where I think that, you know, I, I prefer fields, but uh, and I know that David preferred fields too. And the issue that we have with, with Trey Lance is his accuracy. Who knows if that's going to get fixed or if it can get fixed. But right. the, the idea though, that like at this point where I'm at is I've got, I had a preference for fields, but I hope that Lance is the guy who ends up being the quarterback out of this draft class. Right. And if they miss, then hopefully they learned why they miss. It's a really, really difficult miss. And I think it's a miss that may cost, Shanahan his coaching career in San Francisco mm. um, but if they hit then yeah then you got the eval right you got the valuation right right yeah let's roll you're partying in the streets absolutely yeah it, but I still yeah, think it's, that, it's tough I still think just the process of, of paying that when they did was unnecessary and like, I also I a, also to, to your point though I also don't think that they didn't have their evaluation like completely done uh when like as late as they did i think that they knew they were going to draft lance and and when they said that we had a guy in mind because shanahan said this specifically he was like we that was the guy at the beginning when we traded up and then we we made sure with everyone else and at the end of it all it was still trey lance that's what we thought it was going to be with jones Mm -hmm. i think that person i think that that process was right they had a guy in mind they traded up and then they double checked everything else and it turns out they still loved lance um I, I think it was Lance from the get-go. Yeah, I don't I mean, think they traded it up without an incomplete process. I can buy that. And some of the media folks that whiffed on this hard are still trying to say that they think it was Jones and that Lance overtook him at some point. But the vibe I got from, and I wish one of the reporters that were there in the post-draft press conference would have asked him straight up because he kept saying two quarterbacks, but he didn't say which ones it was. And my feeling it was, and I came away thinking it was Fields and Lance and that Mac Jones actually wasn't really even a part of it that much. But other people think it was still Jones and Lance, and Fields wasn't a part of it. And nobody followed up on that. So I don't think there's confirmation yet on which the other quarterback was that they still really liked. Yeah, and this is the tough part for for fans, to be able to disaggregate sources versus quality sources versus opinion versus fact. Mm -hmm. That's all on a spectrum, right? And like Schefter, I think, had quality sources, but a source isn't always right. Right. I, I, I think that the Niners at some point were leak testing. There was a little line that Shanahan said at one point where he was like, you learn a lot about your organization. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think, and, and this is something that happens all the time, right? You, you give bits of information to three different people and they're the same bit of information about three, uh, about the same thing. And it's three different versions of it. You see which version gets out. Now you know what the league is, right? And that would um, be very convincing if you're Adam Schefter and you heard it from someone in the organization that should know, but they didn't actually know. But Shanahan said that people in the organization thought it was Mac Jones too. Totally. Totally. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff, and that's why, for, from from my perspective, it's like, look, I don't think anyone knows. I don't think anyone knows, and that's okay. We're all just making educated guesses here. Let's like let's just be clear about the fact that it's an educated guess or that it's a sourced report, and we'll just kind of and like kind of have to go with what we trust and who we know. And a lot of people trust Schefter. I mean, I trust Schefter too. It was hard for me to look at Schefter and be like, I don't know if this is right because <laughs> that guy's never wrong, <laughs> but he was wrong. So hey, it happens. If you had to set an over-under for the first game that Trey Lance starts as a San Francisco 49er, when would it be? Uh, that is a good question. Um, I don't know what the schedule... I wish I had the sequence of the games for the schedule. Um, I'm going to say if it goes past week four or five, I would be surprised. Oh, okay. I'll take the over on that. I think it's... I'd probably put the over-under at eight. Yeah, that and that doesn't surprise me, especially after the draft, because now I mean Garoppolo is if effectively going to stay. You've got yes. all the all the trading partners have quarterbacks at this point. Um, Chicago has a partner. New England New England has a quarterback. Uh, you know, like the, there there is very little room for him to be traded unless there is an injury, um, in which case you might get into a Sam Bradford situation, which is great because desperation drives up the price. But at this point, I do think the odds are that Jimmy Garoppolo stays for another year. And I, I just, I just think it's it's tough to swallow making that trade and picking this guy and having him not get the reps when I think reps are what he needs. That's exactly how I feel about it. You can't let him sit an entire year and he hasn't played. He's played one half-assed game in two and a half calendar years. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's 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 probably the worst thing you can do is not give him the one thing he needs, which is more playing time and more reps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I said the same thing to David on our post uh, round one reaction where I was like, look, you can only learn so much on the sidelines. At some point, you've got to connect what your brain is seeing to what you do on the field. And, and I could sit here and break down tape and put on a VR headset and say, yep, the ball should go here. The ball should go there. But I can't execute that. I'm, I'm ducking in a fetal position and trying not to die. Um, and so you have to put your body together with what your brain is seeing. And the only way you can do this is by playing football games. Did you see... Jaguars general manager Trent Balky draft not one but two <laughs> players coming off ACL injuries. I had that in my notes, and you know what? We'll we'll leave there. We'll leave there because that's the peak. That is the top of the mountain. That is oh, Trent Balky coming back so and saying, "I'm back, baby." Because you know what? The universe is healing. That's how I know we're going back to normal. It's been a hell of a year, but there was a live draft. Trent Balky is drafting players with busted knees. Things are getting back to normal. Tim Tebow had a tryout at tight end, I believe, as well for that. Which same is where he should have played Jaguars. his like entire NFL career. A decade late, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian, I feel like that is the perfect place to end it. I always appreciate when you come on the show. It's been a fantastic, fantastic chat. We'll see uh, if we can do it again at some point in the offseason because there's a there's still a lot of time left to agonize over lots of things, including what the Niners do with their three fifth round picks, one of which is going to be a Hall of Famer because that's what they do in the fifth round. Oh, it's a long way again. I wonder if they might trade up again into the into the fourth round because I think they might. Uh, I just don't think John Lynch can handle waiting that long. No, it, it's, he wants to it's, hit something. you know. 
his little funny looking ears will start burning <laughs> and he'll make a trade. <laughs> uh, good stuff, Oscar. Always fun crossing it over with you and chatting ball, man. We should probably do it more Love often, it. to be honest. Let's let's do it more often. Let's call it the, the Allen Iverson podcast. It's the crossover. Love let's it. Let's do it. Enjoy the rest of the draft. Everybody, thanks for listening. Be back Monday, breaking down day three, right here, Locked On 49ers.